Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. And I'm pumped for this Christmas season. And again, just a quick reminder, as Caleb said, we do have our, our Christmas Eve serving service coming up. That's uh, next Monday, December 24th, and we will have a couple services. We have a service at 330 and then we'll also have a service at 5. So make sure you mark your calendar now and uh, bring your family as well. We're actually going to do family pictures. So we'll have family pictures and uh, set up from 3 to 3.30 and then also set up from 4.30 to 5. So make sure you get here for that. And then uh, we're going to pack it in again. Christmas Eve is a bigger service for us. So I'll challenge you to uh, get here early, sit up front, and then scoot in. That way you can make room for more people as well. And we are, we are in our third week of this series entitled the star. And what we're doing is through this series, we're taking a journey. We're taking a journey through this season known as Advent. And we've been talking about this. And again, Advent isn't really a a biblical word. What it is, it's a Latin word. And it means the coming. It means really the, the coming of Christ. And really this time right now, the season of Advent is really this time looking forward to the celebration of the coming of Jesus. Or as my kids like to call it, the countdown. So, just so you know, my kids, they have, uh, how many of you ever had the uh, advent calendars that had the little chocolate pieces when you were a kid, right? Those things are like nasty now, like those chocolate, they're the grossest pieces of chocolate ever. But as a little kid, they're amazing, right? They're like the best thing ever. So after school, every day, the kids get off the bus and they come in and they're like, hey, can we have our countdown chocolate, right? And they're going through this and this is what advent means to them. And I bet Berkeley was actually uh, sharing this information with my sister. I kind of had a, a Huffman Women's Night Out, so my mom, my sister, my wife, and Berkeley, they all went out Christmas shopping, and Berkeley was just talking about this excitement of the countdown. So Kenny looks at her like, what are you talking about, the countdown? She's like, you know, the calendar with the chocolate in it. Now, Kenny's doing it right. She actually has one as well, but she's having her son Toby read a devotional or reading a devotional to her son each time. Not us in the Huffman house. We just give the kids chocolate and say, move on, Right. But there's this excitement to it, and there's this excitement to it, and this is really where we are. We are all on this countdown to Christmas. We're all on this countdown to celebrating the birth of our Savior, celebrating the birth of Jesus, celebrating the birth of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, because we know through him we have access to some incredible gifts in life. We get access to the gifts of hope, to love, joy, and peace. And this week, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about joy. And here's really what I want us to walk away with. Here's really what I I want us to understand about joy. Joy is bigger than our circumstances. Joy is bigger than our circumstances. It's bigger than the things that are happening around us. It's bigger than the things that are happening to us, right? Because true joy is transcendent. True joy doesn't have any limitations, right? And it goes beyond anything that we can imagine, right? Because it's a gift from God. Joy is bigger than our circumstances. So what I want us to understand is because of that truth, joy is actually different than happiness. Now again, happiness is a good thing, but let's just think about happiness for a second, right? Let's just think about some things that that really make us happy. And really what it is, is there's moments, right? There's circumstances, there's situations in our life that make us happy. For instance, our birthdays, right? Our birthdays are usually a happy time. Now, as you get older, they mean less and less, but our birthdays are, are a happy time. And 
Today is actually my wife's birthday, so shameless plug. You can go ahead and say happy birthday to my wife, Sarah, if you see her, and uh, and, uh, make sure that you let her know I told you to do that, so I get some points. We'll do that. But birthdays are an exciting thing. I remember as a little kid, like birthdays were like the greatest day of the year. Like this is the year where, this is the time where all my friends are going to come over and they're all going to do something cool. They're going to bring me a gift, right? And that just made me extremely excited. That made me extremely happy. But it was a situation. It was a circumstance. It was an event that made me happy, right? So birthdays make us happy. Think of another one. Uh, Graduations from school, right? Again, this is a happy time. For many of us, we remember the day we graduated from high school. We graduated from college or whatever, right? We remember graduating from high school was like that moment of freedom, we could breathe. We could relax and say, man, we did it. We, we accomplished this, and now we don't have teachers to tell us what to do anymore. Little did we know that we had this thing called bosses for the rest of our life, right? But we remember that time where we had that excitement. We had that, that happiness, and it was based off a circumstance. Another one would be this, be our, our wedding day. So guys, here's the freebie right now. You can look to your wife and say, that was the happiest day of my life, right? Right? Guys, do it. It'll be, it'll be good. But really, for many of us, our wedding day was a happy day, right? We can go back to that and look at it and think like, man, regardless of what we're going through, we can look at and say, man, our wedding day was a good day because of what happened. Now, there's some, probably some craziness that happened on your wedding too, but you remember that time where you saw your spouse for the very first time, or you saw your spouse all dressed up, and it was a happy moment. It was a circumstance that produced happiness. And we have these circumstances produce this. Again, another one could be retirement. For some of you today, this is like the, the graduation from the work life, right? But this is a time that can make us happy. Again, if you think about all these things, though, what are they? They're circumstances. They're circumstances, and they, they're circumstances that produce happiness. But here's the thing about situations. Here's the thing about circumstances. They can also produce the opposite. They can also produce sadness as well. I mean, think about some other, some other circumstances that we go through in life, right? For instance, a, a funeral a funeral is not a time where you see a lot of people happy. And if you do, there's usually something wrong with them, right? When they're produced. But there's, there's something about a funeral that, that doesn't necessarily bring happiness. It brings sadness to us. It's a time of mourning. It's a time of, it's a time of sadness. And it's okay to be sad during this time, but this is a, this is a circumstance that doesn't bring happiness. Right? There's another one, a divorce. For instance, some of us have maybe gone through this, and this is probably one of the toughest things that you've ever gone through. Right? You remember the day you signed the divorce papers. This is the loneliest time, and it was a time that produced some sadness. It was a circumstance that produced that. Another one could be the, the, a job loss that maybe you experienced. Right? You, got the, you got the notification that you were fired. Right? You got the notification that everything's going to change right now. And for that, it was a circumstance that changed everything. It was a circumstance that didn't bring happiness, but instead it brought something else. It brought sadness. Right? See, happiness and sadness, they really depend on what's going on around us. But the truth is, joy goes beyond that. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever noticed somebody that even through no matter what they're going through, whether it was a funeral, whether it was a divorce, whether it was anything, at a time that just seemed like it was the worst thing, they were still something about them. First of all, they had this like kind of this it factor. Like there was this underlying hope, there's underlying sense of like, it's going to be okay. I think we've seen people like that, but what that is, what that is, is joy. Because joy is bigger than our circumstance. Again, happiness is good, but joy is better. See, joy goes beyond the surface level. It goes a little deeper, right? Joy still stands and shows itself no matter what happens. Joy still stands in times of fear. Joy still stands in times of trouble. Joy still stands in even times where we feel down and outcast, right? Because joy is actually 
a form of strength. In Nehemiah 8.10, it says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. And joy comes from the Lord. It's a gift from God. It's a gift given to us through Jesus. This is really what Christmas is all about. This is why we celebrate Christmas, because we can experience this gift of joy. That's our strength in all of our circumstances. In fact, if you, if you look at the Christmas story itself, it's just a great example of this. And it's a great reminder of this as well. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to spend some time in a very uh, familiar passage of Scripture, a passage of Scripture that goes through the, the Christmas story, and it's Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 8 through 20. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. And if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to, to download the YouVersion Bible app, which is just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. You can put it on your phone, put it on your tablet. But in this passage of Scripture, it's really the description of Jesus' birth. And as we dig into this, as we dig into the birth of Jesus, his birth and his story of his birth is very much similar to, to anybody else's birth story. Listen, I've never actually talked to somebody that had a birth story that went exactly according to plan, right? Everything, there's always something that seems to go a little bit wrong. There's always something in the birth story that seems to, to change up and, and throw a little bit of a curveball at us. And really, the story of Mary and Joseph and, and the birth of Jesus is no different. See, here they are, and Mary's like in the, the last portion of her pregnancy, ready to, ready to go, and that they're called, and they actually have to register for a census being taken, and they have to leave where they're at, leave their comfort, and they have to go and take the census to Joseph's hometown. Listen, I know for me that this would probably not be the greatest trip for either one of them. Like, I can remember still driving Sarah to the hospital when Berkeley was born and getting yelled at for the bumps that I hit on the way, right? Listen, this was a little bit more of a rockier road, so this is what they're going through. And this trip for Mary and Joseph, it was not a pleasant one. And when they get there, they didn't even have a place to stay, right? When they get to Bethlehem, there was no place to stay. Like, there's no hotels.com. There's no, like, Airbnb. Like, Joseph didn't get any of these things put together. So they get there. Everything was packed. They have no place to stay, so they stand up staying in a place for animals, right? When it rains, it pours, right? It continues to go on and on, and everything was going wrong. Here's Mary and Joseph, and they're in this situation that had this potential to bring happiness. But they had some situations, they had some circumstances that kept coming up that were trying to ruin it. But check this out. Joy still shows up. And what's crazy is joy not only shows up in Mary and Joseph, but it shows up in everyone around them. Because joy is contagious. Right? Joy is a gift that's meant to be re-gifted. Joy is infectious. See, while Mary and Joseph were going through this, there were some shepherds nearby who through you this story, they experience joy. So just so you know a little bit about shepherds and the background of shepherds, they were not real high on the uh, social status. In fact, they were actually looked at as being a little or lower value than others, right? That's the fact that the adjective used to describe the shepherds, you've heard it before, is the lowly shepherds. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to be described as lowly. But this is where the shepherds were. So needless to say, their circumstances were not producing happiness in their life. But what's interesting is that the shepherds are the first ones to experience the joy of Jesus. So check this out. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Again, here's the shepherds, right? And they're out there, and they're really secluded from all other society. Like, they're out in the fields, they're out there by themselves, and they're really not expecting anything, and then the Lord appears to them, and they're terrified. And as we start this passage of Scripture, as we start this story, I think many of us, we can relate with the shepherds. 
I think many of us, we've probably found ourselves in this circumstance before where we're secluded, where we feel isolated, where we're, where we're really living in a, a certain amounts of fear. We might even be terrified, right? We're alone and scared. But understand this, joy can still show up in these moments. Verse 10 continues and says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I just want to pause right there. See, in this moment of fear, right, in this moment of fear of the shepherds that they were experiencing, the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you news that will, be, that will cause great joy for all people. So I want to slow down right there because I think many times we rush through this story, but I believe somebody needs to hear this today. Maybe you came in today and you felt a little bit alone. And maybe you walked in today and maybe you, you felt a little secluded. Maybe you were even to the point where you were terrified, right? You were bombarded by fears. There's some things going on right now in your life and you just don't know how they're going to turn out. Here's what I want to tell you. Do not be afraid. There's news. There's news that will, cause, that will cause great joy for all people, including you. See, joy can show up even in our times of fear. Right? Joy can show up even in our times of fear, no, regardless of what you're going through. Joy can show up. And show, joy can be present when we're, when we're sending our child off into the real world. Joy can show up and it can be present even when, we're, when we've lost a loved one. Joy can show up and even be present even when we're, when we're pondering on the memories of, of a lost loved one as we go through this season and these things trickle up, right? Joy can show up even in these moments. Joy can show up even in a moment when maybe you got a bad diagnosis from a doctor, right? Joy can still show up. Joy can show up even if you're going through a divorce. Joy can show up if you're a single person and you're wondering if you'll ever find a match, right? Joy can show up even in fear. And we can be joyful despite our circumstances because of where true joy stems from. So I love verse 11. It continues on. It talks about where true joy stems from. It says this. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Joy comes from Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate source of joy. He's the ultimate gift of joy. He's what the star is leading to, right? He's the journey that we're on because he's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. And he's joy. He's joy in all our circumstances because he's bigger than all our circumstances, right? He's bigger than any problem we may come across. He's bigger than any struggle that we have. He's bigger than everything that we go through, right? And he's the cause of goodness in all our lives. He's the ultimate gift of joy. And I love what the shepherds did next. Here's what happened. Verse 13, it says, Suddenly a company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, here's the shepherds, right? And they're in this moment of loneliness. They're in this moment of seclusion. They're in this field by themselves. But that moment turned into something special. It turned into joy. And that joy led them and sprung them into action. Verse 15 says this. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Joy is found in Jesus. That is the ultimate gift that God gave us through his son. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we're anticipating this. That's why we're in this season celebrating the coming of Jesus, the perfect gift that God gave to each and every one. Jesus came down, lived a perfect life for each and every one of us, died on a cross, and was risen again so that we could be connected back with God, so that we could experience true joy, right? Because joy is bigger than our circumstances. The problem, though, I think many of us, I think we fall into this trap. I think we fall into this trap of looking to our circumstances, looking to the things around us, looking to our situations to, to really feed us and to really, really allow us and, and really to help us to how we act and respond to things. I think many times we look to our circumstances instead of Jesus. And we allow these, we allow these circumstances, we allow these situations to determine our feelings, to determine our moods, to determine our actions as well. And really what we're doing, I think many times we settle for happiness instead of joy. Listen, I'll be honest. I do this too. I know I come up here and I tell you half the time I'm up here preaching, I'm preaching to myself, but I am. And I even had this written down this week and I realized it and going through it, but man, I let my circumstances determine a couple things. In fact, this week was one of those weeks where it was kind of just a, an off week for me. I kind of had this like little, little kind of downward spiral where everything was really affecting me. I was grumpy and it was really messing me up a little bit. Again, I'm writing this, but man, I get attacked in this way as well. So just a little background on what's going on Wednesday. My wife, Sarah, and I got a little bit of a fight. We do that. It's called marriage. It happens sometimes, right? So we got a little bit of a fight, and mostly because, of my, uh, mostly because I'm not that sensitive. So she was talking to me, and she was uh, sharing a little bit, and she was sharing about, like, and listen, women, I get it. I get it now. I'll just say that. But she was sharing a little bit about like how hard the Christmas season is. She's putting all these things together. She's doing all this shopping. She's rapping, blah, 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 doing all these things. And the blah, blah, blah is actually what I heard. And so instead of being empathetic with her, instead of sympathizing with her, what I heard also, I heard blah, 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 you don't do anything, Corbin. So I took that and I took that and it kind of hurt. So instead of like saying, oh, you know what? Yeah, you're so great, Sarah. How can I help? What can I do to help you? I got mad and said, I don't do anything. I'll show you I won't do anything. Watch this. I'm not going to do anything for the rest of the week. And I kind of held this kind of little anger that was kind of in there. So this was Wednesday, right? So this is my circumstance. My wife, I feel like she told me that I'm not doing anything around the house. I let this circumstance give me a little anger. And this anger, it kind of led over into the next day, which was Thursday. So Thursday... In the afternoon, we get this call from the school district regarding our kids telling them that there will be no school Friday and Monday due to sickness. Now, Friday's my day off, and this is where the selfishness is going to come out in me too. You guys are going to be like, wow, great church. But Friday's my day off, and Friday, I like my day off. I like time alone. I'm thinking Friday's going to be great, and I'm going to go for a run out in the woods by myself. Like, that was on the game plan. I was doing that. That's what's going to happen. But when I get the call Thursday and realize that the kids are off both Friday and Monday, I get a little angry. I'm like, you are ruining my day off. Like, what is going on? And again, the anger is still selling and it's still kind of carried over from the day before. So the same circumstances continuing to snowball up. And so I became the crazy person that called the school district and called the superintendent and began to yell at him for canceling school. Like, he's like, it hasn't happened in 16 years. I'm like, that should tell you something, right? Like, what's going on here, right? So then my anger continues on and I realize, guess what? I'm not going to be running on Friday. 
So my anger turned into apathy. I figured, well, it's time just to give up because I know I'm not going to get my run in Friday, so it doesn't matter. I'll eat whatever I want to eat now. I'm not going to go for a run. I'll just sit around and I won't be happy about any of that. Right? But it all stemmed, there's this downward spiral, all stemming from a circumstance. I let my circumstance determine my mood. I let my circumstance determine my actions. I let my circumstance determine my attitude. And it did it in a negative way. I didn't experience happiness. I experienced anger and I experienced apathy. And here's what's crazy. This is what happens. When we do this, it's a spiral that many of us, we chase after, and it can lead us deeper and deeper and deeper. And we can become apathetic about things. Again, we can become indifferent, and we can miss out on the good. And the truth is, I did this. Right on Friday, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, well, just this is just a wasted day. But the truth is, it wasn't a wasted day at all. I had a day where I could spend with my kids, but I missed out on it. I missed out on the good. I missed out on the, the fact that maybe God was trying to use me that day to, to do something, all because I was still dwelling on a circumstance that happened a couple days ago. I think too many times we do this. It leads to apathy, and it can even lead to contempt, right? Where we reject things, where we refuse joy, we refuse joy to be joyful about something good because we're hurting, we're holding on to some hurt. We're holding on to some pain. We're holding on to an offense. We're holding on to a situation. We're holding on to a circumstance. But what happens is, is we miss out. I think too many times we overlook the blessings that are present every single moment because we're holding on to a circumstance. We're missing out on what God's doing in our life. The truth is we're missing out on God and we're missing out on life. But joy goes beyond this. Right? Joy is a deeper sense that God is good. Joy is a deeper sense that God loves us, that he's in control. Right? Joy is this deeper sense that everything's going to be okay, even if it's not okay in the moment. That's what joy is. It goes beyond our circumstances. Jesus later explains joy this way in John 16, verses 20 through 22. It says, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when the, her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of, of her joy, because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice. Listen to these last words here. And no one will take away your joy. Jesus is bigger than our circumstances. Jesus is greater than our situations that we're going through. And when we rely on him, when we trust in him, when we accept him as the gift, then no one can take away that joy. Nothing can take that joy. That's the gift of who Jesus is. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. That's the gift of joy. Imagine your grief turning into joy. Imagine instead of going through the ups and downs of life, you could rest on him and you could experience his joy. You could experience the joy that's bigger than your circumstances. That's my challenge for you this week. That's my challenge for you through this sermon series. I want you to experience the gifts of Jesus. And to experience joy, I want to challenge you to look back at what the shepherds did. Again, they were in a circumstance that I think many of us, we probably found ourselves in a lot of times. They were secluded. They were lonely. They were terrified. They were afraid, and they were on the outside looking in. But they did a couple things that led them to experiencing the gift of Jesus. They did a couple things that led them to experiencing joy, which we can model and apply as well. So here's what they did. Number one, they did their job. And the same thing is true. We can do our job. 
Because I know this, this sounds harsh, but there's some times in life where we just got to do, where we just have to do our job, right? There's some times in life where we just have to do what we're called to do when we're called to do it. Again, if you look at the shepherds, they were the first to experience the joy, but it was because they were doing their job. Verse 8, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. What they were doing wasn't glamorous, right? What they were doing wasn't something that everybody else was looking at me and like, man, I wish I was those shepherds. Right? What they were doing was something that was lowly. But because, because they continued to do it, because they did what they were called to do, because of that, they were in a place where they experienced joy. And joy is bigger than our circumstances. So instead of trying to change our circumstances by our own will, just do what we're called to do. Do what we can do, right? Do your job. And the truth is, we're each placed at a certain point in life right now where we're called to do something. It's time to do it, though. I know, listen, this can be tough, but it opens the door to joy. I know for me, listen, since I was in high school, I felt called to be in ministry. In fact, I even went to college for ministry, did that, and I came out of college, I was two years in ministry, and then after that, I kind of fizzled out, and I ended up in the business world. I'm thinking, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I working a, a, a nine-to-five job not really affecting people? Like, what's going on? But I felt in that moment, it was eight years, it was eight years, and in that moment, I felt God say, Here's where I'm, you're here where you are supposed to be. I have you here for a reason. In fact, at that time, I knew that we were supposed to do this, and it was a decent job, and we were supposed to pay off debt. So we're in this season, I'm thinking like, this isn't anything that I went to college for. I feel like I'm not affecting anybody. I'm not really impacting anybody in a positive way, but I'm supposed to pay off debt. So we did it. I was doing what we were supposed to do. That's crazy. I did this for, for eight years. But what happened is, is that God was working something behind the scenes. And instead of me trying to change my circumstances out of my own will, God was working behind the scenes. And because of that, because I was doing what we could, it opened the door for us to even plant Life Change Church. Listen, those eight years... They weren't necessarily a time of fulfillment. They weren't a time where I felt like I made a difference. But because of those eight years, God changed the circumstances. And I want you to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do whatever you're going through right now. Continue to do it. Continue to do what you're supposed to do. Do what only you can do. Right? Don't compare yourself to others, but do what you can do. So for you, maybe that, means, maybe that means you need to stop chasing after circumstances, but slow down and be content with what God has you doing right now. And be like the shepherds. And do your job. Number two is to do not be afraid. Right? Again, there's times where, where fear is going to creep up on us. There's times where we're going to have doubts. There's times where we're going to have some worries and they're going to creep up on us. But I want to challenge you, don't be afraid. Like, Don't let it stop you in your tracks. Right? Don't let it keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. Don't let it paralyze you. Do not be afraid. Again, we see this statement over and over in the Bible. We see this statement throughout this story as well. And it's no different with the shepherds, right? In verse 9, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Again, this is a theme. This is a theme through this whole entire series. I think we need to hear them. I think we need to hear these words. Don't be afraid. Listen, he's the light of the world. He's the light of the world, and because of him, we don't have to stay in darkness. That's the gift he's given us, and he wants us not to be afraid. So I want to challenge you to rely on him. Overcome your fear. Persevere through your pain. Keep on going through the hard times. Keep on going through the doubts. Don't give up, and don't be afraid, but keep listening. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing into God and persevere no matter what, and keep looking to God. James 
Chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Joy is produced in the hard times. Joy is produced from the testing. Joy is produced when we face fear and we overcome it with the power of Jesus. So in your life, don't fear, but press on and press in to what God's doing. I think the truth is a lot of times we miss out on joy because of fear, right? We back out right before the good news. So think about it. Is there something stopping you? Is there a fear that God's here today calling you and telling you to continue on, to move forward and don't be afraid? Is there a fear that's keeping you from experiencing the joy? So if there is, I want to challenge you, don't be afraid. Again, these are challenging words, but the truth is they're encouraging words as well. Number two, don't be afraid. And number three, move towards Jesus. Listen, in your life, move towards Jesus. Draw closer to him. I love this is exactly what the shepherds did. In verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. They heard the good news, right? The angels came and told them this, and then they didn't stay there. They left, and they went to go see it. They went to move closer to Jesus. They went to go see Jesus and to see everything that was happening. Listen, we will never experience joy if we're not moving towards Jesus. We will never experience the gift, this amazing gift that God gave us, if we're not aligning ourselves with Him. In our lives, we need to move closer to Him. We need to move towards Him, which means we need to follow Him as well. You know, our, our main passage of Scripture, our memory verse really for this series is John chapter 8, verse 12. And it says this. It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we're talking about the stars. We're talking about the fact that Jesus is the star. I don't want us to miss these words right in the middle of this. It says, whoever follows me. So if we're going to experience all of who Jesus is, we have to follow him says, whoever moves towards him will never walk in darkness. Whoever moves towards him will experience the gifts. Whoever moves towards him will experience joy. Let me challenge you. Are you moving towards him in your life? And this is what this means. This means it goes beyond just hearing. It means it goes beyond just, just reading, right? But it means that there's some action to it as well. It means that we begin to model. It means that we begin to look like Jesus in our life. And listen, I want to brag. I bragged a little bit on the first service, but I want to brag again on the men's group. Yesterday, they had an opportunity here. Listen, they had an opportunity to show the love of God. Here they were. They were talking about last week's sermon, which was on love. So they had heard it, right? They were reading it. They were listening about it. They had heard it, but there was an opportunity for action. See, there was a, a, a family in a van that kind of just set up shop over here. And uh, was, was living basically in the, in the parking lot. And they had an option. They had an option of what they could do. They could either show the love of God. They could come in here and just sit here and talk about it, or they could show it. And listen, they even texted me. And I was like, well, do what you can. I mean, call them, talk to them, see if they need anything, and then maybe call the sheriff's department non-emergency line and move them on, right? Like, again, this was not a great week for me, right? Just show you that. But man, they went one step further, right? They continued, they did some amazing things to help this family out. What they did is they moved closer to God. I don't know if the family got anything out of it, to be honest. They might move along and asking somebody else for help. But I know the men's group moved closer to God. That's what it's about. So think about it. 
in your life, are you moving towards Jesus? And in your life, do you slow down enough to evaluate, to see if this is happening or not? I want to challenge you this week, maybe before you go to sleep each night, ask yourself, how have you grown closer to God? How have you moved closer to Jesus? Did you spend time with him? Right? Did, you, did you model his love to others? Did you give like him? Did you serve like him? I want to challenge you to evaluate your life to see if you're moving closer to him. And then the last thing is to worship. Live a life of worship. Again, worship leads to joy. Worship leads to joy really because it's an expression of joy. If you look at the model, if you look at the shepherds, they modeled this in verse 20 where it says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Worship is glorifying and praising God for everything that he's done. It's glorifying and praising for everything that he's done in our life. Do we do that? In your life, are you glorifying and praising God for everything that he's done? Are you placing him above everything in your life? Are you placing him first in every situation? Are you placing him first in, in every circumstance? This leads to joy. And it leads to us experiencing Jesus. So I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you to worship Him. Just like the shepherds who immediately went to find Jesus. When they found the baby Jesus, they went to Him and they worshiped Him. We can worship as well. You can worship. It doesn't have to be inside a church, right? In fact, it doesn't even have to look the way we think it looks. It doesn't have to be a style of music because it's not just a style of music, but what it is, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that shows honor towards God. It's a lifestyle that has an attitude of gratefulness towards God in everything we do. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to worship Him this week. Right? Thank Him for everything that He's done. And then allow Him to fill you with His joy this Advent season. No matter what we're going through. No matter what's going on around us. I want to challenge you to experience joy. Experience the joy that's bigger than our circumstances. And we can do this by doing our job. By being content, living where God has us. We can do this by not being afraid, by moving towards Jesus, and by worshiping Him. This Christmas season, really every day, I want us to live a life that Paul urged us in Philippians 4.4, where he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Because joy can show up in each and every one of our circumstances, no matter if you would, pull out your Connect card and the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe for you, maybe your first step is to accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Maybe here today, and maybe you've never realized that God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. Or maybe you did at one point, but you walked away from that. Listen, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And what you can do, on that Connect card, there's a box that says, I want to commit my life to follow Christ. If that's you today, I just want you to simply check mark that box. Check mark that box and then believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son. Check mark that box and, and then receive his forgiveness and then live it out. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to, to be joyful. Maybe for you, maybe you've had a, a season, kind of like my past week, where you relied on your circumstances a little too much. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, to overcome those circumstances. Instead of just seeking happiness, I want you to seek after God. I want you to seek after Jesus. And I want you to experience joy. Maybe for that, you, maybe that means you just need to, to be content with where you are and do what you're supposed to do. Right? Do your job. 
Maybe for you, maybe you've been walking in fear and it's time to, to no longer walk in fear and not be afraid. Maybe it's time to move a little closer to Jesus. Maybe you've made the commitment to him, but you're not necessarily moving close to him in your life. Maybe you just need to worship him with your life. Whatever it is, I challenge you to write that down. Make that a declaration and change. There's also a place for a prayer request as well. If you would, take that Connect card out, fill that out. Again, if you're a first-time guest, we ask that you fill that out completely and you can take that to our Connect Center. We have a gift for you. If you've been here before or even multiple times, we still ask that you fill that out as a way that we track with you if you're here or not and really track with you and how we can be praying with you throughout this week. So we just ask that you put your name and, and your number on that as well. If you would, get that filled out and get also any ties or offerings ready as well. And Daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.